Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 60, The World to Come. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello there. Welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the only show that tells you the secrets the world doesn't want you to know. Ready to take the red pill, Zena? As always. I'm here once again with the Warrior Princess, <laughs> and we are going to get into another episode here about the, well, another episode, but this time, the world to come. Yes, something positive. Yeah, something positive. We had to go through that kind of negative thing, make a fire. <laughs> And let's get that out the way. Journey to hell, let's get that out the way. We spent two weeks in the underworld, mm-hmm. right? So now we're ready for the outer world, the good world, the world yes. to come. So there is a world to come, and I think a lot of people uh, don't realize there's a yeah, there's many things that have happened in history that we're that are being hidden from us mm-hmm. because there was a time when the consensus of science was that there was an event in the past that was a global cataclysm. Okay. And it was agreed through most cultures that it was a flood. For us in the West, it was the flood of Noah. There might have been other flood incidents in other other cultures and whatever. And all of that changed around the turn of the 20th century because a man that was like a geologist came up with the idea, I forget the name of this person, but he came up with the idea of something called uniformitarianism. It's a big $10 word. And essentially all events, all processes that have been happening in the geological uh, table of the earth have been going on the same way from the beginning. So millions of years, it doesn't matter. It's always been the same. There's been no catastrophic or cataclysmic event that ever occurred. It's always the same processes Mm -hmm. of erosion, uh, whatever. And um, it's not true, but that's what opened the door for Darwin's theory of evolution, for Karl Marx to write his whole ideas, uh, which was based upon Nietzsche, Mm -hmm. which all of these people have profoundly impacted the world in a way that took them further from God and more towards really Satan, even though people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, the idea of a world to come is a foreign concept to people now because they've been indoctrinated in this false science of evolution and whatever. And we started off, we were very primitive and we were stone tools and we invented fire or discovered it. Yeah. And then we became what we are now, advanced. You know, we just sent Captain Kirk to space, right? What? <laughs> so, you know, we think that our ancestors were all completely primitive and rooting and rutting in huts. Mm-hmm. 
They weren't. They were technologically advanced beyond what we know now. Really? And that history is wiped away or hidden, hidden by the world. So the world to come is also hidden. Satan doesn't want you to know the past to really recognize what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want you to believe in the world to come because he wants the world to accept him when he arrives to be God. So we're going to look at the world to come today and see what the Bible says about the true future that's about to happen rather than the deception that he's trying to bring us into. Yes. Satan is. So we go to Ephesians chapter 1 and notice verse 20 where Paul writes, he's talking about God's mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And that's where Christ is right now, at God's throne, in his throne room at his right hand. Now what does wrought mean? Wrought is like, it's W-R-O-U-G-H-T, and it is like, have you ever heard the expression wrought iron? Yes. Like a wrought iron fence? Mm -hmm. That means instead of just pouring it into a mold and casting it with molten metal till it cools, somebody heated up bars and beat it on an anvil with a hammer okay. and wrought it into the shape of the gate or whatever and then the stair rail. And um, it was beaten and performed by a skilled worker, mm -hmm. right? So wrought in Christ means God worked a work and it was painful. It was Christ dying and going to hell as we saw last week and then rising from the dead to prove we've been forgiven, yeah. justified. So wrought in Christ. That's a great question. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, that's all those powers that are out there, angels and who knows what else, you know, uh, and every name that is named, now watch this, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So there's a world to come. We see a world now, mm -hmm. and we think it's always going to be this way. Yeah. But there's a world to come. Now, it's interesting because the word world there is the Greek word eon, and it means ages or time. Okay. So periods of time are very interesting. And you get into Einstein's theory of relativity, time takes on a whole other meaning. Yeah. I can't comprehend it, <laughs> but God can. And so time is more than we think of it. You know, we think of passing time, wasting time. You know, why is time taking so long? Or, boy, that time went quickly. Yeah. yeah. But time is always the same amount, no mm -hmm. matter what. But our concept of time is limited because we only see it through the lens of our carnal human nature, which is corrupted by mm -hmm. sin. How do we know that our ancestors, like Adam and Eve... We're perfect human beings. Yeah. We don't know that they weren't more like superheroes in their capabilities. Could he see great distances? Could she walk into a, through a wall or, you know, through a tree or something instead of going around it? Could they read thoughts? Yeah. You know, that were not even spoken. Could they hear colors and see sounds? Did they have great strength? You know, there's who knows what they were capable of. And we've been devolving from that stage, genetically getting more inferior mm -hmm. since that time. And that's the opposite of Nietzsche and the Uberman. Nietzsche says, no, we're becoming more. We're going to eventually become gods. Yeah. Which is the very promise that Satan offered them, right? It's very true. So it always comes back to that. Well, in this world to come, this age to come, if you will... Uh, it's an age that's going to be different than we have now. What we see is corruption, deterioration. Uh, the, the word is um, 
oh, shoot, I just drew a blank on it. Laws of thermodynamics and matter is in a state of constant disorganization. Uh, it's going to hit me later. There's a word <laughs> I want for that. And you know, I'm probably going to get letters. People say, oh, you dummy, it was it's, this. You know. Is it motion? It's not motion. No, it's not. Entropy. There it is. Entropy. Ah. The law of entropy. Yeah, which, which basically states that matter is constantly going from a more organized to a less organized state. And if you think of it, it's, it's like rust. You know, steel and a nice you know, shape tool, a hammer, let's say, and you leave it out in the rain and it gets corroded. Mm-hmm. Or... To even be grosser, think of a decomposing body. Yeah. You know, you see a, an animal dead on the side of the road. Well, it was once an active, vibrant, healthy animal running around doing things. And now it's decaying and getting eaten up and whatever. So that's entropy. Matter is always, it's, things are always going to a state of lesser organization, mm-hmm. which evolution defies that and says, no, 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 we're getting better. We're getting smarter. And it's not happening. Okay, so the world to come. And the book of Hebrews talks a lot about the world to come. I always forget to mark when we started, so I'll know how long <laughs> we're going. I do that 10 minutes after I start, you know. <laughs> if I had a brain, I'd be dangerous. Oh, snap. <laughs> so the book of Hebrews in the New Testament is interesting because it doesn't have an author in the first verse like many of the other ones do. You know, Paul's epistles all say, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Yes. Or, uh, you know, whoever's writing, I, John, write to you, the church. Mm -hmm. Hebrews doesn't have an author. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, Jesus, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. You think about being an heir. He owns it all. Yeah. Uh, by whom also he made the worlds, uh, plural. Now, I know God created heaven and earth. Yeah. But are there other worlds? Yeah, other planets. Yeah. But, could, but a planet, okay, so another Greek word for the earth is Gaia, G-A-I-A, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the dirt. It's the mountains, the rivers, the oceans, the lakes, whatever. It's all that physical thing. But the world is the civilization on the earth. Okay. The inhabitants, the buildings, the the whatever, and the time. Mm-hmm. So the civilization, if you will. And uh, so uh, Aeon or Ion is the world on the planet. Mm-hmm. Well, could there be other worlds, planets that have civilizations, people? Well, we know the angels... You know, we we are um, we didn't create civilization. No, we inherited it, mm-hmm. right, from the angels that have. We've already seen they they uh, they sang when God created the earth and Job. So they they have language, they have music, they have an organizational structure because there's a military. So there's an archangel, there's armies. We talk about the hosts of yes. heaven. So they have a civilization. And at one point, as we saw said in the very first episode, we had the world that was. They occupied this planet. With probably cities and trade and arts and humanity, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So, could there be other worlds that they occupy too? Yes. Very possible. So, he made the worlds, and uh, if that isn't enough to start to stretch our concept of the world, what we have to realize is we were raised on a planet that has a very man centric point of view. Yes. 
just like we in the West have a very Western-centric point of view. Mm -hmm. And so the, the scientific or technical term is anthropocentric, focused on man, as if we're the center of the universe. Okay. Not realizing that, like we said last week, we're the Johnny-come-latelys. You know, Very true. Angels have been in this universe for millennia before mm -hmm. man was even created. So we're just hopping onto the scene, and we're like the young, the new <laughs> kid in town, right? Uh, so um, the worlds, we, we'll only begin to discover and explore what that really means when we're in that yes. resurrection to mm -hmm. see it, you know. But in uh, chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews... We'll go to verse 3, and we get some insight into these worlds because there's a man who was looking for a city in another dimension in the world to come. So in verse 3 of Hebrews 11, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds, plural, were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So once again, worlds, plural. So you could say... There's the world of the past, mm -hmm. the world of the present, and the world to come. And it's, okay, there's only three worlds. Yes. But I don't know about that because it says, God, the worlds were framed by the word of God. So those must be, it must not be the world to come. Mm -hmm. It's worlds that have already been. Yes. So you could say, okay, well, it's past and the past before that. <laughs> but why limit it, even though it's eons, ages, why limit it to only this one sphere? This Gaia, this planet, with the civilization on it, when there could be others. Like I said, there's innumerable company of angels. We don't know what planets they occupy. That's true. And if they come to the planet Earth for some purpose that God has for them, because when you think about it, the word angel, it's not describing a... Um, a job uh, or, or, a, or a thing. Like, you're a human. I'm a human being. We can classify further. I'm a man. You're a female. Uh, we could go further if you want to, you know, and say, you know, I'm a, I'm a waxer. You know, you're a waxer. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm a preacher. <laughs> Whatever it is that we do. And yet, really, what you might physically be doing for your job isn't necessarily a description of who you are, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Well, angel is a, is a profession. It means messenger. Okay. It's not limited to a being. So an angel like Michael, the archangel, is a military leader. He's an angel because sometimes he brings a message. The message might be the delivering God's wrath, mm -hmm. you know. But he's a sentient being that's literally extraterrestrial because he's not from this planet you know, he's from creation, and God made him along with his brethren. But we don't know where they live. Yeah. They're in heaven, but heaven could occupy the universe. You know, we don't know. So, so the bottom line is we've got to stop limiting our thinking to an anthropocentric perspective because we're just the, the new kid in town. Right? Very true. Which, by the way, is the best song the Eagles ever wrote, in my opinion. <laughs> so we go to Matthew 12. I am an Eagles fan. Verse 31, and we read, Wherefore I say unto you, this is Jesus speaking to some people that accused him of uh, casting out devils by the prince of the devils. Mm -hmm. He said, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy, blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whatsoever, <coughs> whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, Christ, 
it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. True. So there's clearly a world to come where there's going to be a different civilizational structure, or dare I say governmental structure. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, or for my sake, and the gospel's sake, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. So there's a world to come, and it involves eternal life. Mm -hmm. So the world to come is going to be the world in which we will have received a glorified body. We'll be restored to the way our ancestors were, Adam and Eve, in their perfect condition before sin came in. And I, I am, you know, think of, they were probably superhuman by our standards today mm -hmm. after they sinned. Okay. So imagine what they would be like before they sinned. You know, Perfect. So, yeah, and I think their capabilities, like I said, they they would they would have seen the angels, they would have known them and even interacted with them. Whereas we can't see them unless they manifest themselves to us. So it would have been a thing for them to just it, 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 try to imagine. Like a, a poor example would be if you could look at a koi pond. So you see the fish in the pond. Mm -hmm. It's a small world for them. It might not be ten by ten feet. And you look down, and their entire world is under that water. Yes. They've got some plants. They're surrounded by the pond walls. And they have no concept of life above the surface. They might poke their head up and look from time <laughs> to time. But they can't see hard. They have no idea what's there. Yeah. So in a sense, humanity is sort of like we're in a koi pond. The rest of the universe for us is like the rest of the world to the fish in the pond. And it's right there alongside with them. It's not a, a, another dimension. It's the same natural world. They just can't see it. Mm -hmm. We can't see the angelic realm. It's not some far distant planet or galaxy. It's right alongside us. Yeah. We just can't perceive it right now because we have this corrupted sinful body. But when we have those glorified bodies, you'll be able to look out and see all the hosts of heaven just like you see the animals in the forest, mm -hmm. you know. And I can't wait. <laughs> so that's part of what's in the world to come. Can you imagine being able to look and see the rest of the dimensions? We can only see three right now. Yeah. And four if you consider time a dimension. But, you know, we've got depth, length, breadth, whatever, whatever the dimensions <laughs> are, you know. We're three-dimensional beings. But what if there's a five and six and seven and eight or who knows? And you can see that realm and see those creatures that we can't perceive yet. Yeah. But we'll have eyes to see then. That's mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing into the world to come. And the fascinating thing about it is the world to come that's going to be on this planet, on the Gaia, okay, the eon to come to this Gaia, uh, the angels are not in control of it. Because you know who he gave dominion to? Humans. 
Man, that's right, yeah. mankind, humanity. Mm-hmm. So if we go back to Hebrews chapter 2, we read in verse 5, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come. Subjection would be like under their control, under their power. Whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man, that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man, that thou visitest him? And who are we? Why would you bother with us? Yeah. That's almost like the question you asked last episode about why would God go to this trouble? It, yeah. It something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Who is man? We're less than the angels. He's been spending millennia with this elder race of angelic creatures. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they are, but yeah. you know, when they manifest themselves, they look like human beings. But there are some creatures that have wings and heads of a calf and a lion. And a, you ever seen the seraphim and the cherubim? Mm-hmm. So we don't know what all's out there. However, he didn't put those powerful beings in charge of the world to come. He put us. Very true. In charge of it. He gave us the title. He gave us the title, yeah. So he says, thou madest him a little lower than the angels. We're lower or lesser than the angels in power and might. Thou crownest him with glory and honor. Made lower, but given a dominion, Mm -hmm. a crown, if you will. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. Man is going to have dominion of the earth again. He really still does, but it's, uh, it's like we said last week, it's being surrendered It's being stolen, and it's going to be given to Satan Mm -hmm. for a short time. He won't have very long. Three and a half years. (laughs) Seems kind of long. Yeah, well, in the scope of time, I guess it's not. But uh, he's going to think he's being victorious when he gains that title. Mm -hmm. But Christ is going to come back and take the title back. Thank the Lord. Amen. So for... um, in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. So all things haven't been put under man, which ultimately is going to be the son of man, Jesus Christ, when he comes back to reign. Okay. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, became a man, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, because he is king of kings, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. So clearly, Christ became a man so that he could die and taste death for us so that he could redeem us. But also, he had to become a man to be able to claim the birthright because he put the world to come in subjection, not to the angels, but to mankind. So whenever Jesus comes back after the three years... Is he going to rule the world? Yeah. Okay. He's going to reign on a throne from Jerusalem. And we will reign with him. We that are saved by grace through faith are going to be his co-regents. Wherever he, he might need you to be the, like the Queen of McQueenie or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. I mean, he's going to give out crowns. Yeah. So we're going to be ruling over something, right? And then in the new heaven and the new earth, it'll go on forever. Wowzers. Yeah. So the world to come is really the thousand-year reign of Christ, but it's a picture of the new heaven and the new earth, Mm -hmm. which will go on forever. 
Okay. No limits. So in Hebrews chapter 6, notice verse 4. And it's a warning about those who do, are going to go through the time of the, we mentioned the three and a half years, but the total period after we leave this world in the event of the rapture and the, and the Lord coming back is seven years. Mm-hmm. So it's split in half to three and a half and three and a half. Because in the middle of the seven is when the Antichrist rises up to say, I'm God. And for the last three and a half, Satan is in, involved with him trying to lay claim to the birthright. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Christ comes back. So during that time, those who believed on the truth of Jesus and fell away from it and turned back and took the mark of the beast are described here in verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift, salvation, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God. Now watch this. And the powers of the world to come. So we talked about what if Adam and Eve had powers that we don't have anymore. Mm -hmm. The apostles and Jesus manifested powers through miracles. Jesus appeared and disappeared in the midst. They were able to heal and even raise the dead. Yeah. Uh, Jesus walked on water. He calmed the storm. He did all these things. Powers of the world. Are we going to be able to do those things? Yes. See, I think we will. I think we will have what God always intended us to have. Jesus, the resurrected Son of God, is still a flesh and bone body. Mm-hmm. You know, he ate fish with the, the disciples after he rose from the dead. We're going to eat. We're going to drink and laugh and sleep and, and rejoice and whatever. No pain, no sorrow, no death, mm-hmm. but all the good things. So we're going to feel, we're going to build and create and do all that in the world to come. And he's an example of that. Every, even though it was prior to him dying, he demonstrated the powers of the world to come in his ministry as he healed and cast out devils and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Miracles, we call them. But maybe they're just natural events that we'll be able to do once we're free from this bondage, right, of the sinful body. Ooh. Yeah, wild. So the powers of the world to come. In Luke chapter 20, verse 34... Jesus answering said unto them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage, but they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. So we aren't angels. We were were humans, Mm -hmm. but we're going to be equal to them in power and might. At that time. Okay. In responsibility, in capability, right? And so, and in responsibility, if you want. So it's going to be amazing. We have no idea what awaits us in the, in the things we're going to do in these bodies. And so we're not going to marry and be given in marriage in resurrection. We've, we've done that. We've already been humans. And there are going to be humans that will go on forever and procreate once all this is done. And they're going to be the ones that will probably spend eternity populating the universe. Yeah. And we will somehow aid in that or rule through that or be a part of that or whatever. Mm -hmm. But we won't need to procreate anymore because we're already going to be in these glorified bodies. Yeah. That are, uh, we'll we'll be almost like the superheroes to them Mm -hmm. as the angels are to us now. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be really amazing. So the world to come, so so far that we've learned, was made by Christ. He made the world's. Will be reigned over by Christ. He's going to be the king of the earth. And it has a city made by God. 
Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. That's going to eventually come down at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ. We're going to see that um, that world to come um, is typified or pictured in this next age, this next world the reign of Christ for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. But it's not the end of everything. Okay. It's just the final um, uh, trial, if you will, for humanity to accept God and Christ as King and Lord. And uh, he's going to, at this point, give them everything they need. No more, um, you know, people can be healed quickly. Animals won't eat each other. Uh, no more wars, that kind of thing. And you've heard of the expression, lamb laying down with the lion. And yes. That, that's all going to happen mm-hmm. on the earth in the world to come. And man will have this perfect, righteous judge ruling over them. And he'll keep some festivals and things like that and worship him. And during that whole time, remember, Satan is bound in a chain. Yes. In the bottomless pit. Well, when he's loosed, it's just for a short time, he's able to gather an army to fight against this government. Who would not want this government? Well, a lot. Some turds. Some turds, yeah. A lot of people that don't want God to be sovereign over them. Mm -hmm. So they'll do a final act of rebellion, and then that'll be wiped away. A new earth will be created, and a city comes down from God, which we'll get to later. Do you think we'll be vegetarians or vegan? That is a great question, because that appears to be the way it was before the the flood of Noah. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like people ate animals. Yeah. They ate the herb of the field and mm-hmm. the fruit of the trees and everything else. So it may be that we return to that. I say that, though, when Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to the twelve, he ate broiled fish and a honeycomb, which wouldn't be vegan yeah. or vegetarian, you know. He pescatarian. Yeah, we were pescatarian. Uh, so um, it, it could be that... We are vegetarian, or it could be that we can eat things and there's not a concept of death in the eating of it. I don't okay. know how that would work. Okay. I just hope that if it's only vegetarianism, then there's a tree that has fruit that tastes like bacon. 
Because I have to be able to eat bacon, or I don't know what I'm going to do. God's like, and we wipe from his mind the taste of bacon. Yeah, if he could wipe it from my mind and replace it with something better, yeah. that would be good. Because right now, there's nothing better. He's like, and here's a strawberry. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so, and also, the new world to come will not contain blasphemers, mm-hmm. right? And it's inhabited by those with eternal life. We're going to live forever, baby. Forever, yeah. It's also subject unto those with eternal life. So like mm-hmm. I say, we'll reign with him. And it has powers that will be those of its occupants. And it will be administering, doing all these signs and the powers of the world to come. And the occupants never die, for they're the children of the resurrection. We- now, okay, so I know we never die. Do our children ever grow up? Well, I think yes, because like I said, there's going to be humans that will continue to procreate. Mm-hmm. They'll be back to, so while we will be children of the resurrection, Adam and Eve, when they were created, weren't resurrected. They didn't exist before. They were made, and they were told before they sinned to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So procreation was the unique domain of mankind, right? So angels will never procreate. And we in the resurrection won't need to procreate. We're already where we need to be. And it looks like humanity will return to the state that God originally created them. So not the ones in the resurrection, but the people that live to go into the new heaven and the new earth. Okay. They'll be physical flesh and blood human beings. They'll be eating the tree of life so they can live forever. So they'll take on the humanity that Adam and Eve had originally. And the sin will be erased. Okay. They'll be the ones that'll be fruitful and multiply. And they'll continue to have children. And to me, I would think they're going to, because the Bible says the increase of his government, there should be no end. So how does a government increase with, with, with uh, citizens, mm-hmm. people? So they'll continue to, as far as I'm concerned, populate all the planets. And that'll take forever. That'll take forever. And we'll be universe, living for yeah. forever. So. Yeah, we'll be living for forever. So maybe we're involved in like, driving the spaceships that get them from one planet oh, to Oh, that'd another. be cool. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Maybe it's going to be more like Star Trek than we think. Hmm. You know? So many of, possibilities. Many possibilities. So uh, this city, we mentioned that city, so let's go back to Hebrews because I, I said earlier that I was going to come back to this. In chapter 11, verse 10, and we see a man, Abraham, For he looked for a city, verse 10, which have foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, Abraham lived a long, long time ago, and yet he somehow knew about this city. Mm -hmm. So either God showed it to him, revealed it to him prophetically, or maybe he got a glimpse of that dimension that we can't see. Mm -hmm. That's happened in the past where Jacob had a dream and he saw angels ascending and descending. Uh, It's happened in the case of the servant of Elijah, who when they were surrounded by the Syrian army, Elijah prayed, God, open his eyes. Yeah. And he saw the the chariots of fire around him. And Mm -hmm. there were more of us than there are of them, you know. So he didn't say manifest the angels, make them uh, unmask themselves, turn off their cloaking devices. Mm -hmm. He said, give him eyes to see. Yeah. So he just gave him the ability to see into that realm that we can't see right now. So the city is there, too. We can't see it, but it's going to be in the world to come. Now, this man that looked for the city was Abraham. I want to go back to the book of Romans because Paul writes about Abraham in this respect. He says in verse, chapter 4, verse 13, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world mm-hmm. 
was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, heir of the world. Well, it's the world to come. Yes. Because he's dead. Mm -hmm. So Abraham's going to come up in resurrection to be one of those occupants of the world to come, of the children of the resurrection. And so he's an heir of the world along with humanity. And we're connected to all this in a really powerful way. People don't realize. And I want to conclude this particular episode by focusing a little bit on Abraham because you're thinking, oh, he's just a guy. Yeah. And he is. He was a very rich and, and powerful man. He was a king on the earth and he was a mighty person. But a promise was given him to God that he would be the heir of the world. Mm-hmm. And just and he's a picture of God. He's a type uh, because his son Isaac was a type of Christ. Yes. Okay. And then God is the father, God himself. He's the owner of all the universe. His son is the heir of all things. Mm-hmm. And we are children of God by adoption through Jesus. Well, there's a connection to Abraham through all that. I want to show I want to show you that. In verse 11, if we back up in Romans 4, it says, talking about Abraham, he received the sign of circumcision when God blessed him, uh, and a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. So there's a whole other story in that, but he's talking about the fact that when Abraham was given this promise by God, he was an uncircumcised man, okay. and circumcision was a token of the covenant between them, but it was given to him while he was uncircumcised to show that we could all be a part of that. Okay. It wasn't limited to Israel. It's limited to Abraham and his seed. And for years, I was taught that his seed is Israel. Mm-hmm. Well, his genetic seed is Israel, but he's got a spiritual seed, which is everybody that believes. Mm-hmm. Verse 12. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. So how can I claim to be Abraham to be my father if I'm not Jewish? Yeah. Or from that lineage? Well, it's through faith. So how is it tied in? Genesis chapter 17. Let's look at the promise. We go all the way back to when God told this to Abraham. And it's verse 1. So when Abram, which was his name before God changed it, uh-huh. God likes to change names. I mean, Abram kind of sounds like Abraham. It does. And it's an interesting change that he made because Abram literally means father. Mm-hmm. He had no child. Even here, he had no child. <coughs> and then God changes his name here to Abraham, mm-hmm. which means father of many. And he only ended up having one son, Isaac. He had a son, Ishmael, by the not his wife, Mm -hmm. who became a problem. But the son that was the son of promise was the one child, Isaac. So how would Abraham be a fitting name to a man who only had one child? Yeah. Well, what if Isaac is a picture of us? Okay. The child of promise, we are children of promise. Mm -hmm. So Abraham, father of many. When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham, a 99 years old. And said to to him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly Mm -hmm. from one child to exceedingly. Yeah. Right. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, 
My covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. So not just Israel. Yeah. Many nations. Mm -hmm. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram or Abram, uh, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, exceeding fruitful. And I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Seed would be progeny, children. Mm -hmm. So people that would make the mistake of thinking he's just talking about the children of Israel are missing the point. We're children of Abraham by faith in Christ. And here's the reason why. The seed that he's talking about here, to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee, we're going to find out is specifically a prophecy of Jesus who came through Israel, yeah. but he's the child of Abraham. Hmm. So we go to Galatians and then we see the picture. It's a beautiful picture. I love it. it when I saw this, the day I saw it, I just went, wow. So uh, actually, I should back up. Uh, in chapter 3, let's read verse um, 15. I'm missing it here. It should be. Oh, yeah. Verse uh, uh, 15. It's uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 15. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. And we just read that covenant mm -hmm. God made with him. Yet, if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth, you can't end it, or addeth thereto. You can't, you can't take away from it, you can't add to it. All right, so it's a covenant that God made to a man. Okay. Now, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. We just read that in Genesis. He saith not, and to seeds, plural, mm -hmm. as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. The seed of Abraham is Christ. And then when we come down to verse 29, we read, uh, And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we are children of Abraham through Christ. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and if he's heir of the world and he looks for a city, guess what we're going to inherit? We're the children of Abraham. Okay. We get the city. We get the world. And so Matthew 24 Interestingly says, in verse 3, ah, Matthew chapter 24, <laughs> verse 3, the disciples asked Jesus a question. Mm -hmm. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, he talked about the destruction of the temple, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? So this world is going to end, yes. and the world to come will be brought in. In verse 14, he says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world unto a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, the end of the world. It's going to be the end of tribulation. All right? What Abraham's been looking for will be after the seven years. Okay. In the book of Psalm, chapter 19, or the 19th Psalm, one day I'll get, get it right and say that right. <laughs> it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, night unto night showeth knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. 
in them he hath set a tabernacle for the sun. So it's talking about everything you see in the heavens declares what's coming, the world to come. Okay. And there's no language where it's not understood. It's reflected in the stars and the nature and everything we see. And then... Um, and it says, their uh, line has gone out, verse 4, through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And you think, oh, he's talking about the, uh, the farthest reaches of the planet. Mm-hmm. No, it's the end of the world. It's the ion. It's the age. Okay. So it's the end of this time in the world to come. So remember we said he's prepared, prepared a city. All right. Hebrews chapter 11 said that Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. And in chapter 11, verse 16, he said, now they desire a better country that is in heavenly, this inheritance, the world to come. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Now, we know the city, and we've talked about it before. It's New Jerusalem. Yes. In the new heaven and the new earth. And we'll read that just for our listeners' sake, but I I know you've heard it enough to where we kind of have discussed it quite a bit. But in Revelation 21, verse 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. This new heaven and this new earth will contain the world to come. Yes. Not only on the earth during the thousand years of Christ, which is the kingdom of heaven, which we'll talk about in another episode, Mm -hmm. but for eternity, it'll be the world to come in the new heaven and the new earth. For the first earth was passed away. There's no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. So that's the world to come. That's what we're looking for. Now, how does that tie back to Abraham? What does that have anything to do with? Well, this city is called the bride, and it's another female. It's a a female personage, Mm -hmm. right? Or personage. If Abraham is our father through Christ by adoption, and mm-hmm. we get to participate in the inheritance, the world to come. Yes. What does that make Abraham's wife, Sarah? I hope not his ex-wife. No, she's still his wife. She makes... Oh, she's our mother. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. Saying, well, if, he, if he's married to Jerusalem, then that means they're divorced. <laughs> so <laughs> could if can we find a verse of scripture that backs that up? That Sarah is a picture of our mother as Abraham is a picture of our father. If anyone can find it, it would be you. (laughs) Well, lo and behold, I found one. So we go back to Galatians, the very book that said we are the children of Abraham, Mm -hmm. even though we're Gentiles, right, is in Galatians chapter 4 and notice verse 26, and we'll close with this. Uh, Well, actually, we we have to get the whole picture. Okay. Okay. So he says, tell me ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? So there were people that didn't want to trust in Christ. They wanted to trust in keeping the law of Moses, Mm -hmm. which was never going to save them. So he's trying to convince them this is not going to help you. Yeah. Because what does the law tell you? He says it is written that Abraham had two sons. Remember I told you he only had one. Yes. By his wife. He had one that that they thought, well, I'm so old. There's no way she's going to have a child. Yeah. So she gave him her, her handmaid, her servant, and said, go have child with her. Maybe that's what God meant, because she's still young. She can bear children. Mm -hmm. Well, he did, but that's not what God told him to do. Yes. So the child that was born of that was Ishmael. 
-hmm. not the child of the promise. Isaac was the child of the promise. Okay. And the servant that she gave Abraham to be the the father to, or the, the husband to, her name was Hagar. Okay. So it is written, Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, Hagar, okay. the other by a free woman, Sarah, mm-hmm. his wife. But he who was of the bondwoman, Ishmael, was born after the flesh, not what God said to do. But he of the free woman was by promise, which things are an allegory, a type, a picture. For these are the two covenants. That's interesting. The two children and the two mothers represent two covenants. There's only two covenants, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yes. The Old Testament is the law of Moses. Mm -hmm. The New Testament is the law of Christ. So, the two covenants. Uh, The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar, meaning Agar and her child Ishmael are a picture of the the law that won't save anybody. It's bondage. It's the flesh, and you can't do it. It's what religion is based on. Okay. Okay. For this agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the Jerusalem of Paul's day that rejected Jesus, crucified him, and wanted to stay under the law. They didn't want the king of righteousness. They didn't want the world to come. But Jerusalem, which is above, which is the one we just read about yes. in, in Revelation, the new Jerusalem, is free which is the mother of us all. Well, if Jerusalem above is the mother of us all, in the allegory, she's Sarah. Yes. The type. So Abraham, our father, Sarah, our mother, a picture of the city, New Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Abraham, a picture of the world to come. Yes. It's an amazing thing (laughs) how God laid all this out in the scriptures. And even goes on to say in verse 28, now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Mm -hmm. We're the child of promise. We're the heirs of the world to come. So that's what we have to look forward to through Christ. It's not just salvation. Oh good, I'm not going to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. Yeah. It's a horrible place. And then you'll spend eternity in the lake of fire. But if you trust Christ, not only are you going to be saved eternally and have forgiveness of sins, and you can walk in newness of life, you're an heir of the promise of the world to come. Mm -hmm. We're going to sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Christ and the elder brethren angels, and we're going to feast and rejoice. And we're going to talk about, "Ah, what did you do in your kingdom today? Oh, Yeah, I had this insurrection, you know, I had a bunch of kids that were throwing, you know, water balloons at their buddies. And I had to break it. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Do you imagine how big that table's going to be? Oh, gosh, it's something. There was once a commercial on TV that had this table laid out, and it went for miles and miles and miles. I'm sure it was CGI, <laughs> but they were all sitting down to eat, uh-huh. you know. It was supposed to sort of be like unifying man in a brotherhood, you mm-hmm. know, which we will. One day, we're finally going to be at peace with each other, you know, when the Lord comes back. But I would imagine it's going to be a table like that, you know. It it's going to go all the wrap around all the way around. The well, and when you look at how big that city is, you know, the New Jerusalem, mm-hmm. when we talked about that in the past and we described its dimensions, 1,500 cubic miles. Whoa. That's half the United States, mm-hmm. if you want to look at landmass, you know, and that's just north, south, east, and west. 
never mind height. Yeah. You know, so that's a city large enough to put a gigantic feast in. Yeah. You know, and uh, we're talking. How would you be able to hear anyone? Billions of people could fit in there. Yeah, it's really incredible. And I don't know if there'll be billions there, but uh, how about the, <laughs> the acoustics are going to be really good. Maybe in those glorified bodies, I'll be able to actually hear you yeah. in a crowded restaurant. You know? <laughs> I'll be able to filter out. Yeah, you're like, oh, I can hear the conversations he was having at table five. <laughs> that's right. You know? So that's the one thing I complain about is we can go to a restaurant that's really, really nice, but they didn't think about acoustics. Mm-hmm. So all the clanging and the discussion and the whatever, and you, people like me, we can't hear anything, you know. <laughs> Just throw some curtains or something yeah. up, something that's absorbed. You put a carpet out. down. Yeah, at least, you know. Anyway, but I'm, I'm not in the business of restaurant me either. acoustics, so <laughs> I'll leave that to the experts. Thank you, Zena. Of course. Thank you for your insight and your questions. Thank you, listeners, for being here. We appreciate you tuning in each week, and we hope it's a blessing to you. Yes, as always, thank you guys so much for subscribing, liking, and sharing. And please keep those comments coming in. We love that you guys interact with us. Yeah, we appreciate you continuing to make the podcast grow. Uh, By now, we're probably going to be close to 37,000 subscribers. We were on our way there. In fact, I'll give you an exact number if I log in. Let's see what it is today, which today is October the 18th for anybody interested in keeping track. Yes. And if I go to look at our podcasts, analytics, oh, it's going to make me log in. That's weird. You're like, darn, I don't I, log I in. usually am already logged in. Come on. They're like, not today, sorry. <laughs> there it goes. Okay. Analytics. And the, uh, oops, that's not the one I want. There it is. <laughs> Unique listeners, which are subscribers, 36,139. That's crazy. That's thank super mind-blowing. You. Yeah, that's thank you for that, folks. We are so grateful. In all the countries that listen to, I want to make sure that people know that, that are in South Africa, that are in um, China, that Whoa. are in Russia, yeah, Sweden, Canada, Ireland, Germany. Uh, yeah, just and I'm I'm leaving out too many. I don't want to be unfair, but uh, <clears throat> all of you for tuning in, um, we just really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, keep the emails coming. Unlock the Bible now at gmail.com. Yes. Have a great week, and thanks for tuning in. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more. You can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.